0: it's this week in sleaze with your hosts the great lord joshua wrigley and sleazy k
1: this podcast has been rated category three no one under 18 may be permitted Let's talk Charlie fucking of recent times! They knew who they were casting and uh, getting for random sex comedies in the 90s, but now he's wiser. He's older, but still game for scumbag, sleazebag, lecherous Charlie acting, and that's what we're here to celebrate. We normally do, but we kind of focus specifically on this episode of celebrating the entire run, I suppose, because we're watching new movies with Charlie Cho. Although none of the movies are category free, the Charlie, the show, still brings it and represents in 2015's supermodels and 2014's flirting in the air. And uh, with me for this Charlie party is, as always, the great Lord Joshua Regal. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Yes, we're going to be uh, scholars are talking about this lecherous <laughs> man, like the top of the morning to you. What do you think Charlie, of this? The Charlie show. Mm. Mm. Delightful chap. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, wouldn't it been um, amazing if uh, Charlie Chow was this classically trained theater actor that, uh, <laughs> the, like, uh, did, you know, did most of his like uh, got most of his money doing these kind of movies? But, uh, but uh, he was a fespian. Yeah,
0: all he wants to do is do a film production of Macbeth. Like, it's his only goal in life,
1: but he keeps just getting cast as the guy who grabs boobs. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, get, <laughs> n- n- get naked with the beautiful ladies. I guess I'll take I it. guess I'll get in my tidy whities again. <sighs> but yeah, he's still around, and they're, they're still casting him, albeit sporadically, for these kind of movies, and these movies represent uh, that. So you'll hear all about those movies and all about Charlie. In a little bit, and I'll tell you what that means. But uh, first of all, let's uh, dive into the k- contact information really quick. And this is this weekend, please, on the podcast on fire network. This is our forty-fourth episode. I haven't counted Joshua, but I think there's a good chance that you've done about thirty-five of these thirty. 35- 37 so uh, you know it's a, it a good run for three four oh, years yeah. yeah so good on you good on you Always appreciate uh, appreciate you taking the time to do this uh, still got a busy life despite having done uh, done your education and you're now a professional registered nurse and everything you're still
0: busy be went through nursing school while recording you know podcasts about grasping busts and killing people
1: yeah, and he still graduated, people. Look at that. Well, what an admirable human being. Put that on a plaque, like a, memorable, a memorial <laughs> plaque. Like, hey, yeah. still did podcasts about boobs and Buddha Z, and also did well in education, Joshua. It's <laughs> going on my tombstone when I pass. <laughs> That's what it is. But uh, yeah, this is uh, indeed This weekend's in yet again on the Podcast on Fire Network. We are on podcastonfire.com along with this show and other shows on Hong Kong cinema, Korean cinema, Japanese cinema, ninja movies as well. And we do bonus episodes every now and again. One of these movies was destined to be a bonus episode. But we uh, graduated it to main... What episode? A boner Boner episode, episode of course, yes. of course. But uh, when we found out there were two... Charlie Joe esque movies out there to pair up. Then we made it the main mission here to, uh, to give you all, uh, to, to give you all, to give iTunes this, to give Stitcher this, to give any podcatcher this, uh, catcher this. So here we are. But uh, we do boner episodes every now and again. If you have any questions or feedback about uh, this show or Charlie Joe, Okay, like, uh, you can admit to us uh, that you like him, you know, uh, we won't tell anybody, we, we, we won't publish emails, uh, so uh, go ahead and email us at podcastonfire at googlemail.com and uh, tell, us, uh, tell us your favorite show moment, whether it's My Neighbors of Phantoms or something else. But uh, that moment's still gonna, like even people who don't watch these kind of movies, I remember Rufus being asked this, like, what's your favorite Charlie Cho like, moment, boom, My Neighbors of Phantoms. And probably because he'd seen that clip or that movie, it just sort of stands out as, like, this guy is amazing! (laughs) And uh, and for the record, uh, it is the best there is in terms of, like, this is his on-screen representation in a big, bad way. Creative way. A book way, if you will. A book way. (laughs) And uh, uh, that was the email. If you want to reach us on social media, there there are handy buttons on top of our website that will lead you to our Facebook page. and uh, You can also get to our Facebook group uh, via the page and uh, our Twitter account as well and uh, iTunes as as well because uh, if you want your podcasts uh, that way, uh, there's the option. And uh, subscribe to the feed and uh, leave a star rating and even a written comment about Charlie Joe or not. Charlie Show, we would love to hear from you. And also the final button lets you go to our Stitcher radio presence. You can stream us via the web, but also via the applications available on the Apple App Store and Google Play. And I write about uh, many of these kind of movies, uh, along with other Taiwanese movies and ninja movies and a variety of genres over at SoGoodReviews.com. And my video hub is LizzyKVideo.com, where I post reviews of select main written review so to say charlotte show or not and uh, because it's in the past now this won't date it as such but uh, i nearly closed down that very basic site sleazykvideo.com like a month or two ago and it's because the damn video services keep taking uh, my reviews of the adult movies, yes, down, but they're not uh, filled with nudity via actual video reviews. But uh, I was on Vimeo, boom, they took the channel down without warning. Fantastic. What the hell? And uh, no, not even like a, you got one strike. Nope, it was it's just yeah. gone. Bye bye. Have a nice day. Put it up on Vimeo. Uh, uh, oh, oh, by the way, it uh, was Daily Motion that took it down. Put it up on Vimeo, and it all seemed fine because if you're familiar with Vimeo, you can sort of define. ...your adult content, if it's uh, sexually, sexually suggestive... ...or has nudity. But boom, nudity. Take that, if it has that. Yeah. And they took the channel down, but not for that reason. They thought... Oh, right. Yes and no. They thought I was uploading someone else's material. Like, that That these video reviews were someone else's. Someone else's. But guess, like, guess what, Joshua? I emailed and got hold of a human being... ...that listened to my explanation... Said, I understand. We reinstate your channel, and please be a little bit more clear in the future. Have a nice day. Boom, hope restored in humanity, because you you can that that is like not possible at uh, like YouTube, for instance. Else, yeah, yeah, because it's just automated everything. So good luck, you know, getting a person too,
0: which is really a bizarre thing when you think about the fact that you know you know you just know that YouTube has way more employees than Vimeo does, you know? Mm -hmm. It's this huge entity. It's owned by Google. But, you know, getting in touch with a human being would be nigh impossible. Isn't that weird how that works? Like, the bigger they are, the more likely you're going to get an automated service and bullshit.
1: Yeah, it's certainly um, probably the reason that uh, we're bringing in the money, so therefore we don't need to put resources, human resources, into these uh, kind of things that we still get get the money you know via revenue and what have you so yeah um so, so there it is a vimeo i i have said it before i big them up in other podcasts but i'll do it again thank you very much for handling my crap uh, like uh, the way you did so moving on to the last plug for me and uh, at the time of recording shelf life clothing is blown up again in 2014 oh. the caucasians t-shirt the by brian kirby was a hot item when I was about, (laughs) this shows what I know about uh, rap and hip hop. I was about to say when a tribe called Quest uh, were wearing it, (laughs) but there was another rap group called Tribe something, I think. And uh, it sort of like sparked a conversation and boom, a few weeks ago, like, or, or a week ago, a sports host of some kind wore it on TV and Brian Kirby has been busy ever since, probably deflecting some stuff, but also selling.
0: He's in a slave shop somewhere, just printing out thousands and thousands of Caucasian teas,
1: and it sparks uh, sparked, uh again the rational and irrational uh, discussion about uh, its intent and all of that. So uh...
0: apparently, Brian, he's uh, part of like the Illuminati. I was seeing and, like uh, <laughs> stuff on his Facebook. You know, he's part of the New World Order, trying to you know. Globalize the world and blah blah blah. <laughs> so, By being a satirist, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, have you seen the rest of his shirts? Uh, I would like to know how, like, the Cat Three shirt and stuffs. You know, turning this into one world order.
1: I, I own a fair few shelf life ones. I'm, i never ordered that, but uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I know it's going to be out there. Obviously, it's not uh, going out of print anytime soon. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that's where it is. I don't know anything about baseball, but I know the general like. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the the PC not PC discussion surrounding logos such as that and the Redskins logo and stuff like that. So, yeah. but uh, football or baseball is not uh, is not my world. So. Mm, me neither. Uh, like the only way I know of Cleveland Indians is through a major league. The movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I watched that not long ago. Actually, I was just like, uh, you know, I want something kind of funny, something I watched as a kid. And there we go, you know, major league.
1: Does it still hold up?
0: I think so. I had a really, really good time. I thought it was like I was like, damn, this is actually really funny. I would like now. I need to go back and revisit uh, more of the old Charlie Sheen comedies. Fucking, uh, what's the one I'm thinking of? Oh, hot Shots and Minute Work with the <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's. Um, I remember watching it. Uh, I had it on VHS, and uh, I was a kid who just watched my movies over and over and over again. A Major League, yeah, I turned to because it was just fun. It's just an easy yeah. watch. I, rem- I remember it being like it's clearly an adult comedy because uh, right. I-, I I gather it must have been R rated back in the day because like Corbin Burnson walks up to Charlie Cheen, like take this motherfucker out, you know? Yeah, so they 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 go for the language, which uh, it's adult comedy, man, go for it. Yeah, and the friggin' Charlie sleeps with
0: Corbin Burnson's wife.
1: Yeah, Wild Thing. You make my thing out
0: I remember liking the sequel, too, but I hadn't watched that. In
1: Never years. did see that. So, uh, did they go to Japan or some crap like that? They, usually no. what happens with sports <laughs> movies, like Bad News Bears in Japan. Oh and my
0: go, god, you remember Bad News Bears go to Japan. Jesus. It was the Tom
1: Selleck movie. Okay, it wasn't a sequel, uh, but uh, Mr. Baseball was set in Japan. So it seems like when uh, when they have a ball game, they need to go to Japan at some point. Anyway, uh, do you, you, you do occasionally do your podcast, even though it's not on a tight uh, schedule or anything, So, but uh, one can always say there's an archive of uh, Splendid Shows of uh, what podcast, Joshua? So plug away.
0: The Trashy Trio, you can find it at Com, and also you can check out my personal site where I write reviews and do whatever. I'm actually, you know, celluloid.net is the website, and I'm actually thinking about doing more of the weird cinema thing. and doing more videos in the near future.
1: Yeah, when you put your mind to it, like, shit happens. Like, and, and, and I mean that in, a, in the greatest, like, most inspiring way. Like, uh, you know, this is my project now, and I'm going for it. It's not like, yeah, I did one minute of the video, and then I'm going, boom. <laughs> you know, you, you, you totally go for it because you did Weird Cinema, your doc on yeah. uh, on IFT Films and Arts.
0: Yeah, and I think that turned out well. and yep. uh, You know, I've gotten good responses on the video and stuff, and it just takes a lot of time and effort making those videos. And the next one's going to be probably a shorter one, but it's going to be about Frederick Hops, the creator of, like, God Monster of Indian Flats. You can get, like, the movies through something weird video, and, like, uh, his work, he was, like, this... And, and that's what interests me about it. Is the fact, the first God Monster of Indian Flats, when I first saw the movie, it's, like, the... Uh, one of the worst movies I've all I, I, like when I first Of saw it, I like, course I liked it. <laughs> I was like, this is the worst piece of shit I've ever seen. This is amazingly bad.
1: You 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 know Neo Joshua is the kind of viewer who goes for that like gay N-word from outer space kind of movie. It's like, I'll watch that. It sounds stupid. <laughs> exactly. So
0: God Monster of Indian Flats, I watch it blown away by it. And then like, you know, when I read into like Frederick Hobbs, the director, like I find out that he's this uh kind of classically trained artist
1: <laughs> for, for spear, again <laughs> right he,
0: he like trained in europe uh and like he was renowned kind of in small circles for like making these he would take cars and like turn them into moving pieces of art like basically that just means like throwing meat on top of them and stuff like that <laughs> okay and uh he would do this sort of stuff, and it's like, you know, he's a very art-centered person. And then he, every movie he goes out and make is, makes is like this exploitation, weird, psychedelic 60s freak fest, you know? And he only made like three or four movies, and they're like that, you know, all of them. God Monster in your Flats is no different, so.
1: That's like a retrospective in you know, 10-15 minutes or whatever right there in the video yeah. form. Cool. Right,
0: That's that's the plan. Very cool.
1: Uh, let's uh, take a short musical break, and uh, after that we'll be back to uh, uh, discuss. It's the supermodels section of the show, and we, uh, but we're gonna we have a little surprise um, uh, section before that uh, that uh, Joshua brought us. So sit tight, and uh, we'll be back to discuss all of that. <laughs> and welcome back in the rundown of what's to come is uh, we're not just gonna do the supermodels and floating in their reviews but uh, the supermodels section uh, contains a charlotte show biography because once upon a time, again on the theme of like, I'm just going to do stuff and complete and execute, Joshua went to town and uh, researched and uh, got assist uh, with translation and things like that and did a Charlie Cho article, or, you know, biography of, of his career. And we've been sitting on that for a while and I thought, like, we have two Charlie Cho movies. It's his two newest, latest sleaze fests, if you will. So why not take a look back at his. Uh, career in life, and that's what we're going to do. And after that, the supermodels review will happen. We'll take a break after that, and then it's floating in the air. Uh, the, the, there's no biography connected to that. We'll just do a review of it. So those are the three sections. Supermodels, the bi- uh, so supermodels uh, plot first, of course, but then the biography, then the review, then floating in the air, and then we out. I also mind that about you. You have an idea, and now it's done. <laughs> you know I've, I've well, executed. <laughs>
0: When I found that, uh, well, I won't get into it, but when I found that by that little interview, I was like, fuck, I have to know what this man is saying.
1: And he didn't come off as uh, a horrible man or anything. He was just like, I'm I'm working stiff, essentially.
0: Yeah, that's basically all it is. You know, he's very blue collar. Right on. You know?
1: But uh, first of all, supermodels from 2015 and plot from the Yes Asia page. Uh, so it's uh, quite dramatic. So how far would you go for fame and fortune? In supermodels starring Wiley Chu, J.J. Jia, Pak Ho Chao, Lo Ying and Nat Chan, f- five young women find their own answer to this question i can't recognize any of the female actresses because it's just like i don't know who any of these are furthermore jude sarah lulu quo suki are all trying to break into a modeling game with jude and sarah doing everything they can for a chance to meet the modeling agency manager charlie played by charlie show you know, fantastic, it's his own name again. <laughs> you know, of I'm course. A, I'm in a good mood. <laughs> Lulo, Quo, and Suki, on the other hand, have been recruited to undergo star training. The girls all want to get to the same place, but their roads are as different as they are similar. Can any of them remain unscathed while making their way through this treacherous world? And I added to that, and lecherous world... <laughs> <laughs> oh. And it's super dramatic, or is it? You'll find out in a bit. But tell us all about the man. Who is Charlie Cho, Joshua?
0: So I wrote an article titled Charlie Cho, the Cinematic Lover, roughly two years ago, during like my first year of nursing school. Uh, I did it with the help of uh, our friend Sylvia Roram from uh, Actionland.org. I used her to get help in transcribing this in-depth article that Charlie did around 2011 with uh, Southern Entertainment Weekly. Very little has been known about Charlie in the West, and uh, I'd hoped that my little article could shed some light on the man, the myth, the legend. For those of, who, of you who aren't familiar with his work, or even this show, the reason we love Charlie is so much is based around his appearance in numerous Hong Kong's Category 3 sex comedies. If you're from the U.S., imagine movies like Porky's or Zapped, but only without the subtlety or good taste. Then remove the teenage leads and replace them with middle-aged men. <laughs>
1: You remember, you remember Sap 2? Oh, yeah. Like, one of the characters is like this jock. Uh-huh. He was super old. It's the, it's a bad guy of that one, right? So, <laughs> and he was like, I think that guy is like 40 or something, you know, but it, they put the, what? like, the letter jacket on him, like, uh, uh-uh. and there you go. I'm, I'm a jock. <laughs> I'm, I've only seen Sap 2, so I remember that. That guy is old. Super old.
0: Zap 2 had the, um, Blonde haired guy in the lead, right? Yeah, like whoever, the whoever he was. Oh, and didn't it look? Oh, maybe I'm crazy. I don't know because I watched a lot of those type movies on uh, USA Up All Night back in the day. But didn't it end with like a three legged race?
1: Uh, I only remember that this closing shot is that old guy, like he's uh, floating in the air and floating towards the camera. So he, they're using their zapped power to make him fly away. Oh my God. If anybody remembers
0: if it ended with, uh, a three-legged race or something like that with potato sacks.
1: Let me know. like a great cinematic, like, end punch. Like, yeah, if you're eight years old. This is the way you end a movie. Which I was. Oh, well, me
0: too. Uh, just, that's why I liked it so much. Anyway, this is a niche genre films we're talking about. And uh, there's something special about the glorified debauchery that these movies have. And it brings a smile to all of our faces. So, Charlotte Cho actually began his acting career with the famous Shaw Brothers Film Studio, something most people probably wouldn't assume. Uh, this stint was very short, however, and it was his claim to fame for only a brief period of time. The comedic actor actually held several jobs before heading into showbiz. His original goal in life was to be a police officer, he said, but uh, his family talked him out of the dangerous job. Instead, at 19, get he started, instead. Here's some tidy whitey, son. Instead at nineteen, he started work in a prestigious world of air conditioning repair. Uh yeah. Look he does not look like that kind of guy, but
1: Hey lady, I've got i gotta got repair your air conditioner. Oh my pants dropped. This <laughs> <laughs> is, is it the movies. Well <laughs>
0: can I do <laughs> it in the movies
1: instead? You can't
0: <laughs> And then uh he went into stocks. And even got into collecting debts.
1: <laughs> wow. The least ati- intimidated guy, intimidating guy to do that. Charlie's show shows up at some
0: guy who works for like a meat plant or whatever to get money out of him. He, you know, nobody's handing him anything. Uh, in, in describing one of his debt collections, Charlie said, uh, I went all by myself to this very large well-known company to collect money. It was m- me by myself in that market. It was too terrible slash dangerous. This job, of course, was not meant to last. Getting away from the dangerous world, Charlie stumbled upon acting when he began to work for ATV Asia. Working for this television studio wasn't long before he started popping up in feature films. He worked steadily throughout the eighties, even stepping into roles that are very similar to the sleaze ball stereotypes that he would be best known for later within his career.
1: And if I um, might stop you there, like uh, international audiences have seen him in mean, both Police Story One and Two, playing the small Miss misleazy- Lizzie. A uh, lawyer character in yes. uh, both those movies. So yeah, in, in the eighties he was around playing like those kind of characters or doctors, even uh, you know in non uh, in non uh, adult uh, rated movies.
0: I know that like the first time you ever mentioned uh, Charlie Cho to me when I first heard about him through probably the first episode of the show or something, or mm-hmm. even before that. I remember when we when uh, I was on V Cinema and we came on and you were like, "What's your favorite Charlie Cho moment?" And I was, like, looking up his IMDb, and I'm seeing Police Story, and I'm like, I guess Police Story, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't remember him in that, you know? I think he's kind of kind of inconsequential a little bit, you know? Yeah, like,
1: he's uh, the lawyer of the main bad guy. At the end, he gets his glasses shattered by Jackie, like, one of the final shots, so, you know, because, we're going to prosecute you, you know, blah, 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 and then he, boom, punches him, and you see right. Charlie's uh, glasses being smashed.
0: It, it's not as, like, memorable a role as, like... Uh, some of those cross-eyed guys in, like, the old kung fu movies and stuff, you know? It's not quite like that.
1: 1991 loomed.
0: Yes, and that was a very big year for him. It was within that year that he made three films with Veronica Yip. Take Me and Pretty Woman, they were pretty successful, but Hidden Desire stood out as, like, the big hit within Hong Kong.
1: And that movie's so bad. it's so terrible. <laughs> <I know. laughs> we, we, we did it for the Christmas episode. I mean, his role is... You know, you remember him from it, but uh, the movie is quite bare, like thinly plotted and uh, ends on a horrible note. I
0: can't remember which was better, Take Me or Hidden His Oh, Take
1: Me it was the one where we played the. Yes, yes, dog, like indeed, Take Me. It's the one where we played the um, the buff, uh, like the, the living uh, buff uh, telegram way, and uh, he plays the human dick in that one and he spurts like milk uh, to signify that it's come coming out of his mouth because it's a penis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> It'd be not a great movie, a great role though. It's
1: a fantastic role, and, uh, and it was it's so great. Like after he was done, you know, he says like I'm done now. <laughs> you know, to, and then there's a lot scene where he plays with uh, food with this lady while they're having sex and stuff. But it's not like nine and a half weeks type of hot to anything.
0: Apparently, hidden desire. You know, he's credits it for giving him a lot of work throughout the years. You know. Cat 3 market was exploding during the early 90s, and Charlie was riding that wave. Audiences were getting a kick out of, like, libido-driven humor, and there were a few men who were wholly capable of portraying insatiable perverts that could still elicit a few good laughs. That's fair. Yeah, that was Charlie's gift, to be sure. His persona was that of a Weasley man who could be unsettling if he needed to be as seen in, like, China Dolls, but could also stand out as a rather charming individual, too. You had to believe that he could land these chicks.
1: Yeah, boss Charlie had his uh, tricks up his sleeve. Now, you know, Charming, I, I, I don't know about that. He's, he was in a position of power, I guess, and uh, women were, women were, were easy. <laughs> I don't know. It,
0: it's always bizarre because it's a totally different world. But, like, in these movies or whatever, Charlie will be just talking about busts and stuff, and the girls will all be, oh, my goodness, Charlie. You know, that sort of thing. Those type of reactions. Anyway, Charlie Cho's knack for the adult comedy market made him an instant star. Between 92 and 93, Charlie made more than 40 Category 3 cat, uh, rated films. When speaking about the speed of these productions, quote Cho was quoted as saying, At that time, Cat 3 films were shot very quickly. Ten days for a film. My part would be five to six days. I'd work on average of three films a day. Because it sold tickets at the box office, the name Charlie made money.
1: And, and it's funny too, his Chinese name is Cho Charlie." So it's funny where where they find that English name uh, uh-huh. with, within the Chinese. Sometimes you know, there's actresses called Lily Lee, Li, Li, but their English name is Lily, and then Lily Lee. Li, Li. <laughs> so, yeah, and it, but but it works like a, like a, a, a word association. Like I can remember his Chinese name based on the fact that it's so similar to his English name, Joe Charlie Charlie.
0: Uh, Anyway, he starred alongside big names in his career, Donnie Yen, Bridget Lin, Maggie Chung, Jackie Chan. However, it was the Cat 3 market that brought him his greatest finances. On his earnings, Charlie said that the money was okay, but in nearly the same breath, he also stated that he bought a house pretty quickly. Charlie was a daily worker as opposed to salary, so working on three films per day, he was able to make exponentially more than some of the other actors within that market. Uh, His roles were not ones that would be the envy of most actors. You know, a dim witted, (laughs) sex obsessed businessman is not something that one would find. A major string of films for but charlie filled the void uh, that was somehow necessary during this period
1: yeah the character type apparently made money uh and uh, yeah. and, uh, and, the, and the audiences. Uh, is you know i don't think he's bigging himself up bigging himself up they're like they wanted charlie but i just think they they like that um, nonsense that that role could represent uh, you know uh, right l- lighthearted disposable nonsense but uh, fun to watch while while you're there
0: and audiences saw him they knew him from the other roles so they kind of it built in an automatic like uh
1: I know him. Yeah. This is a real movie. Okay. Well, we know what he's gonna do in three, two, two, one.
0: one, Yeah. Uh so Charlie was placing in these highly sexual films and he played an amplified version of every horny guy on the planet. While there are numerous breast obsessed weirdos in the world of cat three sex comedies, few could match the bizarre charisma found in Charlie Cho where his roles misogynist? Yes the charlie character views women solely as like wet spots that he can unleash himself upon <laughs> <laughs> but his lack of wits or intelligence somehow evens out the playing field and we usually know that before long he'll get what's coming to him
1: yeah i, I think that's important that there is some kind of comeuppance for the crap that he uh, goes through here i mean uh, at the end of that movie love is over you know he gets uh, you know ass raped by Stuart Ong, who's in drag at that point and that's the light-hearted end to the movie Waka, waka. It's like like that that I uh, got what's coming to him. He got anally raped. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so if you're not clued into it by this point, Charlie chose cinematic libraries filled with some fairly amazing movie moments. But when he is at his best as a performer, he has ability to engage an audience. He, even through his over the top performances or through his lack of inhibition, uh, Charlie grabs a viewer. But it can't be stressed just how niche the audience can be for these movies because you have to be able to tolerate the content of these debaucherous films first of all, but if you have the taste for it, this is a world of film that has unfortunately been buried for only a few scavengers to come across while Charlie chose prime, maybe behind him. He is still active, and he has left behind a smorgasbord of filth
1: to be enjoyed. Thank you for that article. I mean, I, I didn't know all of that stuff, which is. But sometimes they don't, there's not a whole lot of story behind these guys. You know, they they come up through the system, either through you know being you know regular regular joes uh, doing a regular job and doing movies, or doing that first and then doing movies, as as the case was with Charlie. So, but I was like it, and I'm glad that he got to be on record there. Uh, You know, that someone decided to spend some time with him and cared. So, good, good, good. Supermodels. Let's move on to that. His uh, latest uh, masterpiece. And uh, for my brief opinion, movie shit. Charlie isn't. Right? (laughs) This is amateurism that had to be helmed by two directors. (laughs) It
0: needed two,
1: huh? And what a surprise. It's their first movie and probably last movie. My God, what a piece of garbage this was. But uh, I, I kind of knew it. But the trailer, you know, when I saw the trailer and his like first shot in the trailer. Hello, I'm Dr. Charlie. You know, in, in, in Chinese. I was like, boom, in. <laughs> because Dr. Charlie just made me in a good mood. And his scenes made me in a good mood. And uh, when I think of them, I like those scenes. But my God, this is garbage.
0: It's like... I think I already told you this, that it's like any of those like real housewives of Beverly Hills type TV shows. Um, are you familiar with those? Nope.
1: Are you Are you admitting that you are?
0: No, I've never like watched one other than like in a patient's room or something like that. But it's like it's rea- supposed to be reality based TV or whatever. And like it's always just a bunch of. Like rich women complaining about this or that, and like a bunch of women at each other's throats all the time, and stuff. And that's kind of what this movie is just a bunch of people arguing over stupid shit that doesn't matter, and then like a million different plot points that don't go anywhere. And you know, you're sick of everybody in the movie, you don't want to see anybody else. And then Charlie comes along, and that's okay, but he's only in it for probably a total of like
1: 10 minutes, maybe? Yeah, it's a it's a supporting role, but I think uh, yeah. his, his impact uh, matters for... Because I had fun with... Uh, because it's
0: the because it makes it
1: slightly tolerable. Yeah, totally, totally. But I still, I still think it's fine. I still, I still think it's fine. Uh, but okay, let's move on. I thought, like, full disclosure, I thought this was a category three rated movie based on just seeing the trailer, it's about supermodels, women, there's probably going to be boobs here, and a lot of stupid sex scenes. It's shot on video. But Charlie Cho is in there and it sings sound fantastic. I'll buy it. I bought it. Category 2B. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> like, where is the free? Like, it's it sounds like Jerry Seinfeld. Like, what is the deal? What's <laughs> what? the deal with Cat 2B? I mean, it's a cat, there's a 2, there's a B, not a free! <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, so there, there's a limited amount of uh, nudity here. There's some, but uh, like, then there's no sex scenes really. Uh, so they, they keep it uh, within the category two B rating, which is I, I don't know if this would have been transformed into something fantastic. It would would have just been a lot of like nude filler, I think. If category free, you know. But, um, you know, the real-life Hong Kong people probably got a kick out of the opening scene uh, with the girls on the street, like, uh, fairly lightly clothed, starting to paint each other. Bizarre, yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be sort of like, oh, they're models, they're doing PR, but the movie is also doing its real-life PR, it seems like, yeah, which is clever and probably one of the better sequences in the movie, because it's, but it's the credit sequence that has no context for what's to come.
0: Yeah, none of the actresses appear in it. It's just uh, two random models on the street.
1: Well, well I think it's uh, those... Uh, one of the girls is at least the blue-head blue, ha- blue hat, uh, lady. Oh, really?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think so. I don't know. But she didn't have the blue hair there, and every time she took off her blue hair, I couldn't recognize her.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, But but no, uh, she was um, uh, she was uh, in a different wig. But uh, I've never seen that in a Hong Kong movie where they paint each other for some reason. And uh, for art, for uh, PR... For pleasure or whatever i don't think it's particularly hot myself but uh, hey you know everybody's got their fucking ipads Uh, one guy has his ipad out (laughs) you know and and shooting it you know and uh, most people have their phones out uh, which is it's quite clear what you're doing but
0: it didn't look like a real pain either it was like really like light on the skin you know Mm. like it was it looked like it just some kind of colored something you know which I don't blame him. Paints really
1: hard to get off. So yeah, yeah, there, there. He's educated people. He knows his shit. <laughs> First day in nursery school, we learn, we learn <laughs> where, you know, here's the neck, like speaking of Jerry Seinfeld, like here's the stomach area and here's where the food goes in. And we know nothing else. And we also learn <laughs> about paints. <laughs> you know, the moral of the story, they they attempt the moral of the story here that going into this, you know, I wondered really like, is there nothing else going on for these girls? that they all need to go into modeling uh, and uh, this sleazy, lecherous world. But it's obviously not uh, engaging on that level either. Like, where are they going to end up? And are they going to end up in good place, bad place? And what is the moral of the story? But uh, I still wondered initially, like, is there nothing else going on? Is it this shallow in 2015 in Hong Kong and in the world that, you know, we can't get a job, let's get into modeling. But they... (sighs) I never got, I never understood why they kept calling it quasi- or pseudo-modeling.
0: There's, like, pseudo-modeling, and then there's regular modeling, and then there's super-modeling, apparently.
1: Generally. Did you understand that, like, uh, c- categorizing?
0: All. all I can think is, like, there's a step up, a step up, and step up. But, like, the whole Charlie scene confuses things where, like, they're... Char- you know, when Charlie first makes his appearance, and he's talking to the uh, girls, and... He's like, this is so-and-so. She's a supermodel, you know, blah, blah, blah. Show them what you do. And then, like, she gets up and she walks and then, you know, fake falls down. Uh, you know, it's supposed to be really, but it, she just really does a shit job of falling down. <laughs> and uh, she falls down and then everybody, like, makes fun of her. And it's like, oh, she is she really a supermodel? Because if you're a supermodel and you can't walk a straight line, that's kind of a problem. I don't know. Can put
1: a bullet in my head. <laughs> well, we, we, we'll get to the Charlie stuff, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, that, that like uh, you know the lessons and the moral of the story. I, I had a feeling it, it's going to be conveyed like loosely and badly, and boy was I right because th- that, <laughs> that that whole setup with Nat Chance and his daughter like undercover to like train models and stuff, and there's going to be a reveal at the end who she is. Like I couldn't understand how that paid off at all. Like I mean, the yeah. blonde blonde head Nat. Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> He did it like the blonde-haired Nat Chan is in there he sends his daughter in and uh, then they sort of watch from the sidelines so and uh, provide some some encouragement and some advice and there's a final bit at the end where something happens i guess the president calls him i guess that's the big
0: <laughs> you know at the beginning of the movie they set it up that he's some kind of like super model like trainer guy or something like that sends his daughter all that But then at the end, yeah, spoiler alert, like anybody's going to watch it. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Like, at the end, somebody asks him, so who exactly are you? And he's like, I'm the first Chinese-American nominee for the presidential candidateship or whatever. And like, yeah. (laughs) And then the guy goes, whoa? And he gets a phone call. Oh, hello. Yes, Obama. Yes, we can Uh. talk. One second. And steps off screen. So you so what
1: is he I don't know I have no idea what he is well I know what well, it isn't as, as well it isn't a fun dumbass Nat that we grew to love watching the likes of my neighbors of Phantoms when he played that right. dumb, dumbass cop who so like to tell dirty jokes uh, it's uh, I, don't, I don't know so yeah, let, let's move on there, there's a couple of uh, <laughs> I, I don't know let's move on I want to get this over with <laughs> there's a couple of instances of nudity and uh, at one point the girls are bickering in the club and uh, there's a boob off. You know, because one of them takes their top off and like presses it against her, or like uh, like stand straight or something, and like yeah, she check him out. pulled
0: it down to like you know look at this to show I don't know because like they're trying to, both trying to like um, woo this uh, model agency guy, mm-hmm. and uh, first he's just there with this one chick, and then the two girls, two of our leads by the way, show up and they're obnoxious and trying to like get his attention by pulling her. Cleavage down and stuff, and then finally one of them whips her boobs out, and then the the other chick, who's also trying to woo, she's she doesn't want to pull her boobs out, so she just leaves.
1: And and it all leads to uh, probably the most nudity there is. I mean, there is a sex scene yeah. there with uh, at least you know being category two, two B or well, two, yeah. But at least being category two B, they don't do the clove the grinding this time. There right. is some you know some nudity and uh, for a little while, and there there's a um, shower scene as well. But uh, I think uh, we never see that woman's uh, breasts in that scene. But, you know, there's no confidence or sense of fun here. And the movie is also wall-to-wall fucking music as well. And it's loud. Like, even during dialogue scenes. So, it's both like annoyingly modern music because i think uh, one of the sex scenes is set to dubstep or whatever <laughs> so it's it like it's certainly not romantic or anything but uh, and the aftermath like uh, they, you know when they wake up together it's set to awful canto pop and then she goes into the shower, and he—he here's, I, I got some notes on the shower scene, right? The, the lack of realism <laughs> in the shower <laughs> scene. But he, here's the thing. She goes into the shower, and she uh, starts washing herself off, you know? But, and then and, and she starts, like, you know, caressing her skin or whatever. Right. Clearly cleaning herself, not just right. pleasuring herself. All I kept thinking, Joshua, is, woman, use some damn soap. Because, (laughs) like, it's, you know, the friction against the screen, skin, sans soap. She doesn't, like, smoothly rub her skin because of that. It was like, soap, soap, get the (laughs) damn soap. Like, even Veronica Yip in Pretty Woman in that 10 minute uh, bath shower scene had some soap. Even she had some soap. But but you know it, it, it's filler, and um, f- filler was not just a nineties thing. Clearly, they're they're trying to fill stuff here, but it, it it's not sexy. Or or what do you think, Joshua?
0: No, it's not. It's uh, fast forward material for sure. <laughs> you know, I, you know, it's one thing on top of the other, and then like the rest of the movie almost has nothing. So it's like they didn't space it out, and it really, just the whole movie just feels disjointed and you know difficult to keep up with, and. You know, I think both movies are kind of actually difficult to keep up with, but this one in particular is. Ugh.
1: Well, well, floating in the air is a movie, you know. At least it's uh, an actual movie. Yeah, <laughs> this is uh, just barely st- strung together stuff. But okay, Charlie enters mid movie or whatever, and uh, that's fantastic because we get to hear his voice. And yeah. we, we're not, um, usually, uh, we don't. Uh, not that his voice is like, Hi, i Charlie! <laughs> okay, we gotta dub him. <laughs> you know, it's not like it's he horrible anything. sounds like anything.
0: you'd expect Charlie to sound.
1: Very much so, very much so. And uh, I loved seeing that. And uh, it's a treat to see him back in that kind of uh, movie. And it's a treat to see, therefore, this kind of movie being made. Albeit it's just for the few minutes he's in it that the movie feels like Oh yeah, I like. It. Okay, go go, Charlie, go Charlie, and the like. Screen presence is is fantastic uh, still because he he uh, enjoys being this screen character, you know. And uh, we know he's he's not he's a manipulator, but he's obviously not a great manipulator still. The person he gets into his model agency, which is called what? Joshua, do you remember his the name of his modeling agency?
0: Charlie's Angels.
1: No, 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 no. Charlie's Angel. Angel, oh, they were God. not that smart. <laughs> it's Charlie's angel.
0: He only keeps one model. Yeah, exactly. One right. contract. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, maybe there's a subtext there that they're all almost all are disposable. Can only be one angel. I don't know. But then you have daft stuff like the he's sitting there with an old lady that has a tiara on her.
0: Weird. I did not understand that at all. But it, it's probably a cultural thing. Maybe she's known.
1: There is a joke in there, but I didn't get it. Like, and they say, like, her name is Audrey Hawaii, which I thought, like, Audrey Hep i don't know and it it didn't seem like the most like revolutionary gag that you and i are just no, not no. going to get because we're not culturally like tuned in there's uh, that but and, and there are some fantastic dialogue here i mean uh, they 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 do cling to charlie because they know he's the he's the guy to impress so there there's some fantastic dialogue from the subtitles like uh, like am i pressing you oh not me but my half pot <laughs> 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 what else do you want to say about uh, Charlie next? Because I'm sure you have something else to say about Charlie. He's the best part of the movie, but... Uh... Well, well, I'll 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 take the reins then because I love the uh, scene where he, he's so game. He's still game. So, at one point, there's a very lame scene where the two girls dance in a very non-busy club, and the cinematographer tilts the camera. Oh my god. And then you cut to Charlie mimicking them caressing each other so he's still doing the grab bust hands in 2016 <laughs> <laughs>
0: I did like uh, also I did like his uh, wardrobe in the movie pink suits white uh, undershirts he's very very stylish Charlie's definitely a very
1: modern man yeah he's gone from the usual like in, in the office sex comedy movies it was always obviously the the the, the black and the white suit and what have you and then uh, the tidy white is uh, five seconds later as these things usually go, but uh, yeah, he looks—he uh, looks the part, you know, as a you know sleazy, smarmy manipulator, up to uh, not sign models necessarily, primarily, but bed them and then uh, you know shit them out after that. So I, I wasn't really looking for the sex to like fill this uh, you know running time with some sexy stuff. I just know these directors did not have it in them. So at least uh, you know, being two B, we don't get a lot of filler. At the same time, Joshua, I wonder why they avoided it. Because it's such a cheap movie with sleazy material, anyway.
0: With such limited like plot, it would have been an easier way to pad the movie for sure. But they probably just didn't have game actresses either, you know? M-
1: yeah, may- maybe so. Because two B and free, that's not the difference between box office gold and flop, right? So I, I wonder. Uh, I really do wonder why they didn't go for it. Because at least we, they, they would be honest, <laughs> like towards their intentions here, which is not. Any chance that any of these actresses are like pop stars or something that we don't know about? I have no idea. I mean, the Yes Asia page created like said that dude. These people were in that movie and that movie and that movie but I don't think we have big stars going on here I even thought to myself because they write on the screen like introducing supermodel and her name then so I thought like did did they like just cast models for this like for a one time acting gig and that's why they all look so completely awkward not because they're models or anything or nor that they're women right
0: but But they're not actors (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah so there's some horrendous acting in this for sure
1: you know, very limp stuff. You know, this, like the this boxing montage. with Wild Oh,
0: with... that's so bad.
1: God. I mean, talk about the, just... Uh, it's the montage, right? And it right. should be somewhat literally punchy.
0: But it's like slow, sluggish. You know, they, they hang on shots that they really shouldn't be. We get like a shot of one girl punching the camera, cut to the other girl. She's also punching the camera. Then cut to like... The trainer talking to them. Neither girl has actually been punching at each other or anything that we can tell. Just been punching the air, apparently. So that shot, those shots were like pointless.
1: But we, we get another uh, good member of the cast. Uh, still fairly young, lucky, but still a veteran uh, of the, a variety of genres, including category three movies. Samuel Long plays Charlie yes. Joe's assistant, and his intro is wonderful because they're at this media event. And uh, I think that's the only sole part of like, okay, I think they tapped into how you can create an image for media manipulation, you stage a big thing, right? So one of the girls, um, you know, uh, her skirt starts blowing up like Marilyn Monroe or whatever. And they cut to Samuel Lung sitting there with a fan and <laughs> then cut to, uh, and, no, not cut to, but his dialogue is, I'm a bitch, so what." he almost sings it dude I'm a bitch so what (laughs) I don't know what and he's so happy to be doing that and steering the fan from underneath there (laughs) and and that's what it comes down to dude invested performance right dependable performance Charlie almost in his sleep can channel this energy and Mm -hmm. that's why we like this Uh, there is something there Samuel is decent at that as well and contrast that with any other person in the movie and there's nothing there so you gotta get props for them being able to just do their thing.
0: Those two together you almost wish they had like a little buddy comedy.
1: Yeah like the spin off the Charlie's Angel spin off (laughs) supermodels like
0: (laughs) Just name it Charlie's Angel.
1: Yeah exactly exactly like they, they, I think they would have gotten away with it but I think that's what I take away from the movie ultimately like sometimes veterans just bring it even though there's nothing nothing there really to invest in you can just show up and get paid but charlie does bring it man he's the bad guy and you that's what you remember from him and he gets his and as we said so
0: he's more into it than like robert de niro is and his roles these days
1: yeah like uh, stuff like dirty, Gra- D- dirty grandpa is not uh, something i'd i'd want to sit down with it's uh, like the only de niro movie i wanted to watch recently it might be good it might be bad but uh, i thought to myself that looks nice and uh, the intern looked like, oh, that's, that looks nice. Hopefully that's nice. I don't know. It's one of those, like, um, like, like walking almost nowadays to just take whatever movie, comedy or not, you know. Like, oh, I'm walking. This guy. <laughs> 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 this guy keeps crashing the weddings. <laughs> <laughs> when a movie got wedding crasher. Have you ever seen footage from the PC? Ad- video adventure full motion video adventure game ripper that uh, Christopher Walken started <laughs> yeah I did. Like, this guy is un fucking believable He's so hammy in that performance. Uh, it's like a sci-fi detective noir story with uh, like he's in it, Karen Allen is in it, and stuff like that. So I-, I love that type of game game anyway. But it seems so puzzle heavy, and I'm not good really with puzzles. So I- I've only seen let's plays and um, the the final resolution to it all. Who is the Ripper and all of that? It's so lame. Actually, it it, it builds up. It- it's it's kind of well produced for those kind of PC adventure games from the 90s. But um, the, the 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 ultimate resolution is very weak. Like nowadays, you can get Ripper very easily on like good old games and things like that. So you don't need to pay like hundred bucks to uh, to buy this. Uh, buy this. I'm um,
0: playing like Phantasmagoria or whatever.
1: And and Phantasmagoria as an adventure game, all right, and a lot of hammy acting to boot. Uh, but. Um, from that era, you, you you got you got some good stuff. Um, you know, Gabriel Knight Two is one of the better ones. Uh, Pandora Directive, Screw Supermodels. Let's talk let's talk this stuff instead. But you know, uh, the Tex Murphy games. Um, even Richard Norton was in one of those video like video adventure games for uh, Overseer that I'm playing right uh-huh. now. And uh, even um, what's Ron Howard's brother's name? Uh, Clint Howard. He's in Overseer, so uh, it was, uh, that, that was the PC adventure kind of uh, gaming genre for a while there in the, in the 90s. And Walking did too. He did the Privateer as well, which is a sort of Wing Commander-esque, but more uh, strategy-based, I think. And uh, even uh, fucking uh, Clive Owen starred in that one.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. A young Clive
1: Owen, I'm sure. Yeah, fairly young in 95, 96. So. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, one of the best sequences involving Charlie Cho and Samuel Lung is their awfully like transparency where they're trying to get the the f- photograph the modern nude, right? <laughs> 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 and do you even remember how they got her to at least drop her dress so they can photograph her back?
0: Oh wait, wait. Let me think. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the fuck did they throw at
1: her? Well, they didn't throw anything, but they, they said there was something. A oh, cockroach. Yeah. A like, flying Look cockroach. out, the cockroach. <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> and that's so stupid. It's so, it's so stupid. It makes sense for those two characters that, uh, yeah. And, and they say like, oh no, we'll, we, we need these artistic pictures for our internal archive. <laughs> At least we have that, and I, 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 they only sh- sh- shot her back for a little bit. And uh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I don't want to say anything else. It's you—you um, you said the stuff at the end with Nat Chan but certainly doesn't matter. And oh, what a joke, President Obama calls him. Ha ha ha!
0: Waka waka waka.
1: And w- what did anyone learn towards the end? Who knows?
0: Nothing. Nothing was learned.
1: I'll give the actors. As props for one scene, though. It's not well acted, but there is one scene at a bridge where one of them said, I want I don't want to do this anymore, right. and uh, they talk back and forth, and it's a long take, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least two, maybe three minutes, and I give it to them. They pull it off. You know, that yeah. back and forth. It's a one-take deal. The camera zooms in a little bit, so it's not like, you know, watch out, David Mammoth, here comes supermodels, <laughs> you know, but You know, anyone who can do that in one take, you know, there's a lot of dialogue to remember and a little bit of emotions as well. So, you know, it's not affecting, it's not well acted, but they got through it in a very professional manner.
0: It worked, yeah, it worked well enough. One of the few scenes, yeah.
1: But yeah, do you want to say anything else? Uh, You know, the the, the acid attack on Charlie Cho's lips is uh, kind of stupid, but at least we got to see, like, Charlie's enlarged lips. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's the effect of throwing acid on your mouth necessarily.
0: As a nurse, I'll say that uh, I would expect something
1: different, <laughs> but you know, the lips to fall off, <laughs> or just, just, or just to burn,
0: you know. <laughs> but you know,
1: it looks more like he's been punched in the mouth, right. if anything, <laughs> you know, and got those big, cartoony, uh, cartoony big lips. But uh... or had some kind of like uh, allergy or something. But 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 there's no bite in that like acid attack where where the movie goes like oh my god it's dangerous now it's just it's just dull and limp that's almost the best thing you can say about the movie it's pretty dull pretty dull and limp uh, because it's uh, it's ba- it's barely put together as a movie and I, and, and that two directors had to do this is kind of uh, a joke. depressing and a joke so uh, they got an uphill battle as filmmakers if they want to continue this thing because this was not a good start. I agree. Like, like, I encourage creativity, my friend, but it was not a good start, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just scrap
0: it and start over, okay? Let's pretend this didn't happen.
1: Like, take our idea, idea, or Joshua's idea, Mr. Director, make the spin-off movie with Charlie and Samuel. I'm sure they'd be game, because you got some good stuff out of them.
0: You let those two just improvise the movie, and I'm sure it'll be okay.
1: Like, uh, you can set the movie, like, uh, uh, imagine this. The movie opens to a dubstep version of of the I'm a Bitch, So What song by Samuel Lang. I go in the recording studio, record that, and then... I got
0: it. Charlie is the dean at an all-girls college, (laughs) and Samuel is his assistant. Zapped (laughs) 3. Zapped 3, starring Charlie. Charlie. Zapped 3, The College Years.
1: There is a movie called Porky's in, uh, made in Hong Kong, but I don't think it's like, it, Porky's something, right? But I don't think it's, I'm not sure though, that that it's like the Hong Kong version of what Porky's did. But I just uh, saw so Porky's Revenge, I think there's a Hong Kong movie called, but it might uh, just be about actually, a fat person. I think that's actually the name of the second Porky's movie, I thought. So let's... Uh, because we're done and uh, we can just type this in Porky's Meatballs there's a movie called Porky's Meatball, and it's a comedy uh, starring Rachel Lee or Loletta Lee and um, directed by Clifton Coe which is a very famous director so uh, yeah it might be awesome it, it, it's obviously a, a, a family friendly movie it's not a category free movie it's made in 1987
0: has to be better than what we watched
1: Okay, as for availability, it's available, Supermodels, that is, on Hong Kong DVD and VCD right now. Like, that that this wasn't available on Blu-ray, like, thank God. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> no one needs to spend, like, pressing costs to I was going to make
0: a joke that these were new movies, and Ken had to get a Blu-ray player, and had to get it set up, and get a TV that would work with it and stuff, but... Apparently that's not the case.
1: I got an old for free CRT TV that I have to use because I have my Nintendo Zapper, which only you, you can only use with those kind of TVs, right? Yep. So, uh, yep, I'm, I'm, I'm totally retro.
0: How else are you going to ever use the power glove, you know, you have, to have that TV that'll rest the little
1: uh, light thing on? I mean, I found this amazing thing, it's called Duck Hunt, and like I've been on a Duck Hunt bender for at least two years. Like I could never shoot that damn laughing dog. No matter how hard I try, I never got to kill it. Ah, oh, it's a shame. There it is. Okay, let's take a break and uh, let's uh, talk, uh, talk of the better movie after that. Floating in the Air from 2014, yet another category 2B movie. It's uh, written and produced by Wong Jing, yeah, but it stars actual um, good actors, actors and <laughs> actors, and, and it's an act- there's some actual filmmaking going on here, going on here, and another comedy, Sexu- a bit, a bit of a sexual comedy and a romp, if you will. But we'll talk all over that uh, after the break. So sit tight. And welcome back in the second review of this uh, Charlie Cho celebration, celebrating that he's still in movies and doing his thing. And uh, that celebration continues in the form of our review and discussion of Flirting in the Air from 2014, and plot from the Love HK film review of the film. After a brief intro detailing his fondness for high school sweetheart slash conquest shelley played by dada chen <laughs> yeah it's the kind of that that's the kind of character in movies movie we're dealing with here captain cool played by chapman toe and fellow pilot slash pickup artists sam played by lam che chung who you might remember from Shaolin Soccer. He was the one who could fly. He was the he was the obese one, but who could fly in Shaolin Soccer. And the other part of the trio, the last part of the trio, is Guy, played by the Gigalos and Bro-Five's Dominic Ho. Bro-Five. Bro-Five, back in action. This is pre-Vigigolo, but uh, <laughs> he, still, he still looks like a scrawny little kid.
0: <laughs> How are we reviewing another movie with a member of Bro-Five?
1: He's uh is the sole member that uh, amounts to anything in my book?
0: Yeah, he's the only.
1: <laughs> but uh, he uh, that trio gets sapped back to the Ming Dynasty thanks to a convenient plot device trademark, which is exactly how the review <laughs> the plot goes. Like yeah. they add a little trademark there. There they meet noted scholar Tong Pak Fu, played by Ben Chung, playing Stephen Chow's character from Flirting Scholar. Cool Chapman character assumes. Tong's identity and conspires with his buddies to infiltrate the estate of Lord Hua, played by Charlie Cho because that's where they expect handmaiden Cho Hung will be and they'd love to meet her because she was played by Gong Li in Flirting Scholar (laughs) that's the kind of, of way their minds operate, like she must be gorgeous because we're aware of that movie. Unsurprisingly, the real Cho Hung, played by former Miss Hong Kong contestant Connie Lam, is not a Gong Lee lookalike, but Cool zeroes in on her anyway. While Sam and Guy identify their own targets among her fellow handmaidens, Cool also made Sheila, played by Dada Chen, the eye patch-wearing captain of the guard. And he begins a second flirtation characterized by random violence, including Sheila's guards violating Cool anally with their weapons. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the that's the plot. I shortened it down a little bit. I I, I guess set a few things up here that I didn't necessarily know, and it's not necessary necessary, but uh, some further notes from the Love HK film review of the film kind of gives you an idea of what producer and writer Wong Jing is doing a parody of here, right? So to quote that review Writer, producer Wong Jing and director Aman Chung parody TVB's successful Triumph in Disguise dramas with their latest wackfest flirting in the air I saw the first season or first uh Incarnation of Triumph in Disguise. Many years ago, it was like a forty-episode sort of soap drama, but it did star Francis, and he brought some decent acting to the proceedings. And it was harmless and an easy watch. And it was very popular on TV, and they did a second one and also a movie of uh, Triumph in Disguise.
0: You watched all forty episodes
1: of the first one, yeah? They, they fan-subbed it. Thankfully, like ten years ago, so because it it doesn't appear subtitled on Hong Kong TV. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I liked it back then. I, I'm not sure if I would have had the um, tolerance for it now, but Francis still brought uh, brought it, so uh, some some good like choices, uh, despite being a very common soap drama. I mean, it's not like the Young and the Restless style, but it's still fairly uh, light and fluffy. But uh, so that's the latest wackfest, and it's channeling Triumph in Disguise, at least they initially do. uh, To further read here Triumph in Disguise 2, the second big season, received increased popularity thanks to the appeal of Julian Chung as Jaden. Jaden Captain Cool Co. that was his nickname in the show, a sunglasses-wearing pilot who charmed women while managing a large aircraft. And he's obviously the inspiration for Flirting in the Air's lead character, Captain Cool, played by Chapman Toe. However, instead of a debonair chap like Julian Chug, we get recently slimmed jokester Chapman Toe. We also get glimpses of Toe's overexposed bare ass, a time-travel storyline that sends Kool back to the Ming Dynasty era, and an appearance by notorious category 3 icon Charlie Cho. You got them right, he's notorious. Uh, Wong Jing may have started this film as a Triumph in disguise parody, but that only accounts for maybe five minutes of this 90-plus minute film. The rest of the film, one long Stephen Chow homage. From a storyline that crosses over with his 1993 classic Floating Scholar, and it's actually a very, very funny movie, to constant meta references to his films uh, from Floating in the Airs characters who have seen Floating Scholar a zillion times, just like every other Hong Kong person. I didn't expect it to be this much fun. A modern movie by Wong Jing, you know, who is so lazy nowadays and normally resorts to gags he'd already done in other movies and he goes on repeat in a very automatic way but this one is an exception I think this was it's not great obviously but it's a lot of fun my short opinion for now what did you think I would agree with
0: that I think it's uh, you know it can be a bit disjointed you know it has its problems but overall you know if you're looking for a good time with a really good pace this is definitely the type of movie to go with because yeah it moves fast it you know, joke per joke, it's a uh, it's interesting. It's a good watch.
1: And uh, you know, on the theme of us celebrating that Charlie's back, uh, this was the year before uh, Supermodels. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I I love that it. Is I mean, uh, it's not this retro. Well, it is a retro throwback to the 90s because he's still getting those roles. But it's still in the case of this movie, and in the case of a few minutes of Supermodels, it kind of works. Uh, but when they do sort of bring back this style of movie, you know, fairly adult, this is category 2B rated, but still has some sexual stuff in it and references, it's not an automatic recipe for success, so you have to sort of bring something to it, uh, like a an energy, style, intent, and for once Wong Ching's script and his producing qualities, they shine a little bit for yeah. once. Uh, I mean, even I was talking about of the first From Vegas to Macau movie, which was dreadful. And they've done three already. It's made Jeez. money like a motherfucker. Uh, and uh, talking to Paul Fox about it, we found out that he he repeats... My, my favorite gag from the movie is a repeat of a movie he did like 10, 15 years earlier. But in this crappy way. But Come on, couldn't you come up with something better? Because it's such an elaborate gag. Mm-hmm. And it, right, it's not like... Uh, you know, running into a sign uh, post type of gag or sleeping on a banana peel type of gag. It's a f- elaborate fucking gag. And he still repeated that. But floating in there, it uh, stands out because uh, it, it sort of works. Uh, well,
0: you got, you've got you got a good cast. That's, like, a lot of what it comes down to. Uh, Chemato, even though he's, like, you know, when he plays a teenager, he's, like, the oldest living teenager
1: <laughs> ever. With a tribal tattoo, nonetheless, oh, <laughs> a teenager geez. with a tribal tattoo, <laughs> because Ch- because Chapman does, so why yeah, paint and it Yeah, he's playing out? a nerd, too, you know? He's uh,
0: he's overall, he sells a lot of the movie, I mean, even though he, he, he's he got energy, I think it carries through in every other scene, you know?
1: Do you remember, you know, he's been around for a while, and for a while he was, to me, a very annoying presence, yeah. Uh, even like his bit in Infernal Affairs up until some crucial scenes towards the end of it. It was just so over-the-top and annoying, but he's honed his skills, I gotta tell you. He's both tried dramatic acting. He was in the Pang Ho Chung movie Isabella. I think he's done some drama every now and again, and he's also a producer, and... uh, and I agree there's something to be said for I I didn't notice he slimmed down because he never appeared like fat or anything to me but uh, maybe it's a little bit maybe he's lost a couple of pounds who knows there's clearly a comfortable leading man here comfortable in his comedic skills and uh, his skills in bringing the cartoony energy because this is a Stephen Chow homage that means the gags are really like boom 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 as you said and very silly too and that the movie is so meta could have been annoying, but its awareness of that also pays off, I think, and he's at the forefront of it, and he's not a new Stephen Chow, to, for us to like sink our teeth into while Stephen Chow, you know, does filmmaking uh, only nowadays, but uh, he 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 is uh, the little beating heart of the movie, I would think. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> he's very good. He's very on the ball, and uh, his energy kind of carries over in everybody else
1: what is the damn uh like i hate when i write dialogue and can't remember the context of it this, uh, when i write down quotes from the movie but is it the first sex scene uh the horrible first sex scene uh in the teenage flashback where he talks about oh my breast is a left is a lefty oh i'm also a lefty <laughs> oh mean, wait
0: wait that was god was that charlie
1: it might have been Charlie, yeah, but it's it's, it Charlie later it's on. early on in my notes, though. So, but yeah. reg- regardless, that first flashback is quite horrible because okay, they're teenagers and they're trying out the sex thing.
0: Oh no, no, you're right. It was the uh, it was the t- teenage girl, like when they're in they're in bed together or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And it's horrible because she doesn't want him. We don't see this, but uh, we still get a sex scene. No nudity to do. but uh, she is afraid to do it. And he still does it, you know. He still uh, he still enters her. It's a little bit like rape. Yeah. It's a little bit like rape, and he does like, mm, 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 and then he's done, and she's crying, and he, he then he does some more just because the damage is done anyway. So. Mm, 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 mm. And that's like, whoa, 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 movie. Okay, are we going to like this character? And it's that kind of movie that's just, uh, we're not particularly politically correct, so just kind of go with it, uh, I right. guess. Like it's a wacky sequence, done, moving on <laughs> to something yeah. else.
0: Let's leave all that behind us. Let's not you know, keep focusing on that
1: i mean the flashback is about how he got to be that great so to say because uh you know he's an airline pilot and all the girls love him and that uh, vibrant photography as well girl
0: he was only in love once yes and this was the situation
1: <laughs> so but it is like a beautiful looking movie um it's yeah. uh you know that vibrant photography and like costume design for the uh, stewardesses as well and uh this is directed by Aman Chang, who we actually in our Rape by an Angel" two and three episode actually complimented on his visual skills, and he's always been uh, around Wong Jing, it seems and still is. So, I think he is also a key to this uh, energy being present here. It's not Wong Jing like calling the shots, but I think uh, Aman Chang is uh, you know a, a veteran of the scene and could therefore uh, pull off this you know this whole delivery if you will and uh i i, I really think it's strong all throughout that it's confusing at points yes but uh, i think it's really strong throughout and and some somewhat rude even though it's not category three <laughs> somewhat lewd
0: oh it's definitely
1: that because we we cut to like before they fly the plane and get transferred back in time by a convenient plot device you know we cut to like you know oral sex in the bathroom right and so, so it's so it's not the prude of a movie, so to say.
0: Yeah, in that sequence, uh, it starts off with Captain Cool just kind of running into a chick at the airport. And she's like, wants his body. So he goes in the bathroom, proceeds to get a blowjob, and then has sex and finishes in like 19 seconds.
1: Yeah, he says to his friends when he comes out, like, it only took 19 seconds. I did it twice. And then he <sighs> walks out of frame, like essentially drops the mic, you know, <laughs> because he's, he's Captain Cool.
0: Like, I'm proud of that. So he he walks out, and then we see his boss having a little meeting or what have you, and the boss is, like, you know, very happy that day, and he invites his new, uh, you know, he's just proposed to his wife or whatever, and he invites her in, and wouldn't you know it, it's the girl who just gave him a blowjob. And she proceeds to kiss the boss with her dick lips, like, then, then, then. (laughs) Ew, (laughs) 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 I I mean, I'm just saying what it is. So, you know, and they're all, like, grossed out by it. And she has a freaking gigantic cigar for some reason that she's also put her, you know, trademark dick lips on. And uh, so, you know, the boss is like, here, you know, have a smoke off of her cigar. Everyone's, you know, and
1: everybody keeps finding excuses not to. (laughs) Nope, 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 nope. And and, and doesn't it continue if, uh, you know, eventually he finds this out and pulls out a machete? He does this out of nowhere, yeah. And and it's that cartoon aura I kind of started appreciating because uh, you know you got a big sound for the machete coming out.
0: Shink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so
1: so I think that's what they were going for, and I it's not always easy to achieve that. And I I think that style runs through the movie quite nicely,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, it works. It definitely works.
1: And 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 then even in the in the cockpit where like the students comes in and like, let's have a party, it's your last day, and like like Chapman too starts fucking her from behind within seconds.
0: Yeah, it turns into a straight orgy, like immediately. Boom. And then but as that's going on, then automatically they transform into like orange dust or something like that and they're teleported
1: back in time i didn't know that i had not actually read the plot beforehand so i was like saying the same as the characters do when they land in the ming dynasty because in english they say what the
0: fuck and the subtitles read what the hell
1: <laughs> <laughs> so i mean uh but, but the immediate thought after they land in ming Dynasty Di- in the ming dynasty because they're kind of not convinced that they've gone anywhere. They sort of, well, we're on ground now, so I guess that's fine.
0: Well, we must have crashed the plane or something, that's what <laughs> they initially think.
1: Their initial thought is, let's go whoring. Yeah. <laughs> because that's what Hong Kong cinema guys do. Like, we're talking yep. on-screen image here, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, what else are they going to do? Try to figure out how to get, go back through time? Hell no.
1: But do you think that's a uh, like a fair assessment? Um, that 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 cartoony or kind of you know does it carry the movie all the way through? I mean, I'm sure there's some lull, lulls here and there, but uh, you know, considering what it's uh, attempting to be—big and wacky and uh, funny and cartoony—do you think it uh, runs through the entire movie? Or?
0: I think it. I think it works. I think it definitely. Yeah, I think it definitely does. It tries to get a little bit serious towards the end with some like love implications and things like that, but. That even works. You know, I think you've invested enough into this character to realize at this point that, yeah, he's an idiot. Yeah, he's a slime ball in certain aspects, but he's a likable slime ball.
1: Yeah, I think actually that is true, despite the yeah. whole rape scene and all of that.
0: that crazy like yeah yeah, despite being kind of a rapist and kind of uh you know kind of a guy who tries to sleep with other women even though he's saying he's in love with another you
1: know even though he's that kind of guy he's still pretty likable he can do he can do like lame poetry in english and they think it's awesome poetry because he says like twinkle twinkle twinkle, little little star." star That That's the gag, obviously. He assumes the identity of this, um, you know, poet, that, uh, an artist that uh, Stephen Chow played in The Flirting Scholars. So uh, they all think he's great. Uh, I, d- I don't know how he assumed identity, because they don't look alike. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's what it is. But I think Aman Chang, the director, you know, he, he's not overly anxious to please, right? Like, it's not this um, fireworks of in-your-face comedy and visuals that just screams, like, like me, love me. And, and, and I think that's a key to... Um, that's like a veteran move, I think. Mm-hmm.
0: I think, you know, I mean, it has its weaknesses, though. It definitely does. I think that it, even though it moves at a great pace and everything like that, it's easy to kind of get confused, like, with what the fuck are we doing in this movie at this point? You know, you kind of get
1: lost a little bit. It's, it, you know, it's very local at points. Let's just right. say that I think a lot of stuff here is, uh, it, it would be aided by an understanding of Cantonese.
0: I think that. Kind of the the humor, the energy, the uh, the fun of it kind of translates better, though. This, you know, compared to the previous film, you know, it's like ten thousand times better.
1: Co- yeah, yeah, oh, holy shit! And it's not because Supermodels is that bad. It, it is is generally quite a fun movie. It's not like give me anything, you know, any sign of life. You know, and this movie represented that. No, I think it's you know on its own. It uh, totally works, and uh, it's not ashamed of being low brow you know wow. uh, you know they, they, there's a tons of guys in the vibrator the little, <laughs> <laughs> you know and they go for that and it, it, all of it is pretty much funny i think <laughs> oh, yeah. in, including the fact that the remote control to the vibrator looks like one of those small iPods <laughs> I, I just think they used someone's iPod rather than design a remote control does anybody have an iPod on them i got a pink one fantastic because the vibrator is pink like we say it on production design
0: <laughs> but our our main protagonist of course brings a vibrator back in time with him because he just keeps one in his pocket you know that's
1: what you do a, a little i don't know what they call this but uh i was about to say a little mousy one because it has a string on <laughs> in, in one end which is also a gag later in the movie we're not going to set up the whole context but later in the movie someone as the vibrator stuck in them, and she walks around, be like, like that was amazing because that remote control that has range. Because <laughs> when Chapman To else, pushes that vibrator, and it's in that character, like she goes like, bzz, 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 and then they have to take it out. He has to operate it out, and he says to someone or says to himself that. The string is on the wrong way. It's the wrong way around. So there is that kind of movie. He has the pleasure of uh, taking that out of her. Like pop. Then is then is that. Let's talk Charlie. Charlie is disguised as a cupboard, cupboard in his first scene. A cupboard. <laughs> in order to peep and to grab and molest, he disguises himself as furniture.
0: Like how perfect is that? <laughs> and not only that. Okay, so yeah, Charlie is within a dresser with. His, he had the top part of the dresser is attached to his head like a hat. <laughs> so he lifts his head out of it. <laughs> sorry, like I, a took a, I took a bit
1: like of tea a, and you said, like, <laughs> that image came back to me. I'm sorry. Like oh. a turtle,
0: you know, peeking out of his shell. So as this is going on, the movie actually breaks the fourth wall and, like, uh, you know, uh, main character turns towards the camera and he says, "Okay, Charlie's about to rape this woman. <laughs> Charlie Cho is about to rape this woman."
1: <laughs> yeah, Ch- Chapman comes on screen to talk a, talk a little to us about what Wong Jing and Charlie are doing right now and uh, what's gonna <laughs> what's gonna happen. Like so, let's watch. <laughs> <laughs> and that could have been so annoying, dude. That could have been such an annoying. Like, come on, stop! Like, move move the movie forward. But it has established so much goodwill by this point that, and they're sort of on a roll.
0: Mm-hmm. and then it, they don't do it that often you know what I'm saying they don't like it's not breaking the fourth wall all the time or anything like that you know so it's just a minor little detour in the silliness which I mean the mostly the movie takes place in you know
1: silliness so the, the only downside to this mostly sync sound movie that they dubbed Charlie and I'm not sure why Maybe they wanted that classical, like hard voice that's for what the purpose, yeah. because you've heard that damn voice a million times that <laughs> type of voice, and that's what he has in it. Like, a-
0: oh, what do you say?
1: Because he's not acting in scenes with, uh, as far as I could see, um, Mandarin speaking actresses or anything, and they sort of didn't want to like dub one part of the scene and one not. Um, so it's sort of a shame, but he makes the filmmakers make up for it by. Crafting this kind of very cartoony role that I wrote in my notes. Maybe this is fairly lame, but I think in the end, without spoiling all the gags that happened to Charlie, that he is sort of the Tom out of the Tom and Jerry cartoon. Because some stupid shit, very cartoony shit happens to him, and he can't, like at one point, he's frozen. Completely frozen. Not in ice, mind you, but just frozen. Because, yeah, Chapman Tau has some powers to sort of just, like, send out energy bolts and then freeze him in in his place, you know. And it just sort of all reminded me a little bit of, like, the things that would happen to Tom in, in the cartoons, you know.
0: Or Wile Coyote or something, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if he, was, if he was an inventor or anything, Charlie, but at one point, you know, he's, he shoots this cg paint onto <laughs> the actress to sort of uh, attach her to the wall and uh, so she can't move and it, what was it Let, let's just check back because I, I i sent you a picture of what he explained what the, he explained what the paint was called and it's very shame um, on
0: me if i don't is that one of
1: those? yeah the, the shame on me if i don't rape you paint he shot at her <laughs> And that is just, obviously, it's a mangled thing, I think. Mm-hmm. But Because it's it's this sort of, it shoots out glue, uh, and like, uh, onto her hands, you know. Yeah. And he rarely gets to do his stuff, you know. He's always, uh, you know, in the last minute, something happens to him. So he rarely gets to, you know, to peep and to squeeze and to rape because there's a of scene where he thinks he's like squeezing and tasting boobs and it is it's not a woman's uh, pair of boobs it's a fat man's pair of boobs waka, waka, waka. Waka, waka. <laughs> and yet that is amazingly well done because the performance of game the direction is energetic and game and there's a very surprising end tally to
0: yeah. you know
1: the we're not going to spoil it because I think it's a wonderful end tally to you know, you you'd think something would happen to a nipple after it's been sucked and bit on for five minutes.
0: Yeah, grimace time, grimace, grimace, grimace. That's shit. Ow.
1: Yeah, it's a but it was a surprising gag though. So um, it's they they prove that this they can make this stuff fun if they have the right personnel and belief in making this stuff fun. You know, and uh, I, I've argued against CG blood, but this has CG <laughs> blood for the nipple gag, right? And yeah. it works because it's cartoony.
0: I was about to say, in a cartoon like this, it doesn't doesn't matter, yeah.
1: What else? Well, in terms of nudity, there's, there's, there's none here, I think. At most, we get a there's little a bit but- of a butt and a side boob, I think. But I don't think this um, movie, ultimately, uh, you know, you certainly don't think of that, right? Uh, because it's a comedy, first and foremost.
0: Although it is, you know, a lot of dirty, dirty jokes. But it's actually kind of clean as far as content.
1: Yeah, it wasn't too dirty for like a category three rating to be uh, like uh, stamped on the movie due to language or anything. So they keep the language clean, you know, f- You know, 2B makes sense uh, in-, in that regard. But uh, yeah, yeah, so uh, really, I-, I won't say anything else other than I think, out of context, I'm gonna- just going to mention it because you-, you know what I'm getting at. I, I think the timing and the visualization of the gag where they have to puppeteer Charlie. He's wonderful. <laughs> He's very limp. He looks dead, but he isn't dead yeah. at this point. So but but they 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 poke him with a stick. He's very
0: you know. weakened at Bernie's. Yes, what I was yes bitch. Very, yes, bitch. Very, very weakened at
1: Bernie's. They here they make him talk too. <laughs> and do fighting moves as well. So you know when oh, they push his hands forward. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I thought that was great. I thought that was well conceived, man. I, that
0: was good. That was great.
1: Charlie needs to pull off that acting too, right? Yeah, you, you know, sit there and just like be a limp puppet.
0: Yeah, he looks very annoyed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so yeah, I think I think it's largely successful. I I knew it had some good reviews, right? But I didn't like read up on on it. I just knew that shit. Charlie's in it. Let's get it. I mean, I, I...
0: when it was called, it's called Flirting in the Air. I didn't read a plot synopsis. I really thought it was going to be about the pilots. I was like, okay, well, he's going to have to figure out a new, you know, airline to go to, blah, 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 you know. And then next thing you know, they're in the friggin', you know, 16th, 15th century, whatever. I'm like, holy shit, okay.
1: I, I think Wong Jing's intentions for once are not like disjointed. For, for mm-hmm. once, it seems a little bit focused. Like, yes, he Hong Kong viewers would definitely recognize that his Triumph in Disguise from Aura alone. Uh, we got Captain Cool, yeah. But I, I think *Triumph in the Skies* is so prolific, yeah, both on TV and in movies, and has been successful. So I think they ah, that's probably it. But um, and Fl- *Flirting Scholar* certainly was. That, that was a huge hit in 1993, and during Stephen Chow's like big run of of uh, movies, uh, not one that Wong Jing directed. He directed a Fair few with Stephen, but uh, this was uh, uh, directed by Lilik Chi, who was another frequent collaborator with Stephen. And that movie is so destined to be impenetrable for Western audiences because it seems so much is based on language and it's local humor, but Flirting Scholar, and we also only have the cinema print with these you know, sometimes mangled subtitles, but Flirting Scholar is hilarious because there's, even if it is like totally locally humor based, there's some fantastic physical stuff in this one. It's just uh, there's just screams like Stephen Chow being on the money in terms of nonsense comedy and uh you know, you got Nat Chan in there as well, and he's at one point Stephen Chow's character. You know, dips Nat Chan in paint and uses him to paint this magnificent like calligraphy canvas using Nat Chan's body, and and they pull that off in live action, strangely enough. And and you see Nat Chan naked at one point, and they pixelate his pe- he's he's all in black paint, right? But they pixelate his penis with blue pixels. <laughs> Because they didn't need to pixelate it, so it's all like covered in black paint, but uh, yeah. So, I like it. Yeah, I like it very much. So, probably better than the actual Floating Scholar sequel that came out a couple of years ago that everyone forgot about. Uh, this is probably a lot better than that, so... So yeah, I'll I'll conclude my note right there. I think it's uh, I think it's uh, great. I'm thinking of uh, upgrading to Blu-ray even. Like I bought the DVD, normally I'm quite content with DVD, but th- this was fun. It looks quite vibrant and well shot. I think it.
0: So you are thinking about getting the new TV to go
1: with it? Oh no, the, no I'm going to uh, it on the CRT of course.
0: You're going to have to get like a converter box to go from HDMI to uh, yeah, like but it's, but it's blue. Or I got it
1: on blue. <laughs> That's what matters. The blue star or better, maybe laser disk. Yeah, totally, totally. There there are actually recordable laser disks that you can buy. I mean, they're super expensive, but there's no laser disk recorders, but if I ever stumble upon an old laser disk processing plant, <laughs> I'm recording floating on the air on laser disk and then I'll be on my merry way. Perfect. All righty. Anything else you want to say about it?
0: No, not really. I think that uh, I think that about covers it. It's a super fun movie. I
1: think Charlie um, is one of his better roles because they they give him stuff rather than like uh, you go in and do your thing. Yeah. Like, uh, we're going to have you here for two or three days to in that office, that gr- grungy office, and you're going to have Milka with you, and things are going to be great. But uh, here, there, there's uh, there's some technical stuff involved in making his uh, role come to life. You know, first he has to dress as furniture, and later, you know, he has to be the puppet.
0: You have to be the puppet.
1: And I love the latest sequence where everyone has gone and he's sitting there freezing, essentially like, guys, guys. <laughs> <laughs> The, be- the best classic. part would have been if they had like crickets on the soundtrack, like the nighttime crickets. Right? <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so yeah. So let's... Uh, as for availability, it's available on Hong Kong DVD and Blu-ray right now, so you can go get it. As easy as that. So for once, we're talking of available movies. Buy this one. Don't buy the other one.
0: Don't get confused. Flirting in the air. Go with that one.
1: So next time, we'll go back to the 90s and uh, go for our deep, thoughtful... English-British examination of Elvis Choi turning into a dickhead. And (laughs) when Elvis Choi fucked Julie Lee on wires. Because that means next episode it will contain our reviews of Cash Chin's The Eternal Evil of Asia and Bosco Lam's A Chinese Torture Chamber Story. The the latter one is that uh, one uh, that has that, you know, it looks like oh, it's uh, Once Upon a Time in China and uh, a wire foo, but it's wire sex.
0: Can you believe it's taken this long to get to
1: I mean, I've had them in my notes, and I sort of just, oh my god, we gotta do those too because those those are fun. We've talked of Cash Chin before, as a filmmaker we like, yeah, Sex and Sen 2, 33 D Invader, and Chinese Torture Chamber Store is another Wong Jing-produced joint. But uh, Bosco Lam was the director of The Underground Banker, so he's got some chops as well. And uh, we, we got the Chinese Torture Chamber story 2 lined up uh, as well, but uh, I thought it, we'll take that for another episode. It's unrelated, but um, a lot more grueling and a darker than um, than the first one. But uh, I still like it. And Mark Cheng from Rape by an Angel uses a big uh, paintbrush on a lady's vagina in that movie, forcefully. So there it is. So Are you game for that episode? Absolutely. Always. Good, good, good. All righty, let's uh, finish this one off. And the party party's over. And next time we start the Elvis, we start the Elvis Choi party next time, I guess. So uh, so it's gonna be a party of some kind. Uh, but uh, this has been this week in stays on the Podcast on Fire Network uh, website is podcastonfire.com, where you can pick any show you like on Hong Kong cinema. Japanese cinema, Korean cinema, or, or what have you, as well as bonus episodes from from both uh, the mature crew and the immature crew, and I'm in both camps, of course. So I'm <laughs> I'm in the boner episodes as well, and, I, and I'm glad we did this uh, for a main show, floating in the air, rather than a bonus episode, because I didn't really have any preconceived notions of it and I'm glad that it was as fun as it was and that it got a main episode. So
0: not so much for supermodels, but it's No,
1: okay. it's uh, that's my fault, but uh, <laughs> at least we got no. at least we got Dr. Charlie, you know, for a few minutes. Yeah. So. Uh what's he a doctor of? Who knows? Who cares? Podcast on Fire at googlemail.com is our email address. Explain to us, you know, what Dr. Charlie where he got his doctorate from, you know, <laughs>
0: If you have any information on uh, Dr. Charlie's background or his medical training, it would be appreciated.
1: Maybe you maybe you have some connections, Joshua.
0: Uh, you know, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna see. You know, if I can find out any information, I'd like to know. Paging
1: Dr. Charlie.
0: <laughs> Paging Dr. Charlie.
1: All righty and do uh, podcast on fire at googlemail.com if I didn't mention that then uh, click our handy buttons leading to our Facebook presence our Twitter presence and you can also go to our iTunes feed subscribe rate and leave a comment on it and stream us via Stitcher radio either on the website or the applications on the Apple app Store or Google Play. And I write of these kind of category free movies as well as a variety of genres from Hong Kong and Taiwan over at SoGoodReviews.com and my video hub is LizzyKVideo.com and my Twitter handle is at SoGoodReviews. And Shelf Life clothing we mentioned before because Brian Kirby, the maker and conceptual artist of the Caucasian t-shirt and even hoodie, I believe, he has helped out the show with uh, intro and outro music and is in general a good man. It might sound cheesy but i'm gonna say it anyway he's been whenever i placed an order with him he always throws in like cool bonus items uh like going above and beyond and not because it's me or anything right because i'm not like special he just uh, kind of does because he's a uh, kind uh, kind and deserves your business so uh, check out shelflifeclothing.com hopefully the website is up because the caucasians uh, fever crashed his website
0: caucasian so, fever
1: yeah <laughs> well that's what it was man like everybody wanted it and that's uh that's uh that's what happened so but it's back up and running now so support brian kirby's slc range and uh why don't you throw out a quick plug of your stuff my friend
0: trashytrio.libson.com veritzo.net That's
1: all you need to know booyah so let's stop the fucking and let's hope there's better fucking involving Charlie being made right now. I mean, he can do it. It's only a phone call away. It's only a phone call away. So call him in for, not for Supermodels 2 or anything, unless it's the spin-off movie. Otherwise, those directors stay the hell away from Charlie. <laughs> let's hope uh, that uh, we see some more stuff in his filmography. So that's us. Awesome. I've been Slysekaya with my master great Lord Joshua so say bye, buddy. Bye.
0: these supermodels are crazy this movie (laughs) you're in makes me sick to my stomach it smells like my ass my ass
1: Charlie (laughs) that movie could have been helped by like little pop-up bubbles with De Niro uh, or Al Pacino (laughs) or Walker like this movie isn't any good (laughs) Those girls can't box. It's bad. What are they punching at? I can't even see. None of them have watches in their ass. (laughs) Not one watch. (laughs) I had a watch in my ass.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let's just do the rest of the show as Christopher Walken's. Flooding in the air (laughs) is a movie. It's, It's not a great movie, but it's better than the last. You know how he does that, like high and then low thing. Yeah, he does that in there every once.